Welcome back here to Sky Sports. We are, of course, continuing to discuss the seismic news of the day in the Premier League. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sacked as manager of Manchester United after a string of disappointing performances against West Ham and Aston Villa. The Red Devils, apparently inspired by the uncouth American TV show Ted Lasso, are hiring the manager of a college basketball team in the United States. Mark Schmidt abandoning a top squad at St. Bonaventure right before the season to manage at Old Trafford. Joining me now for perspective is the only wanker in the States awake at 8.30 a.m. UK time, college basketball reporter John Rothstein. John, thank you for joining us. Pip, pip, cheerio to all my fans in jolly old England. Hello, governor. All right. John, for those unaware of who Coach Schmidt is, what, what kind of insight can you provide us about his tactics? Great question, wanker. He Don't call me that. Okay, well, well, Mark Schmidt is a phenomenal coach. He does more with less. Now, before I get into his coaching style, I'd like to talk about my new soccer t-shirts available for 20 bucks, or I believe, as you call it, quid. Buy yours today, including Kristen Pulisic, the American Dream, Harry Kane, the English Tim Duncan, and Anfield, more life-altering than a 10-day trip to Europe. Uh, uh, wait, I might have to change that last one, actually, since you, you, you guys are already in Europe. Maybe a trip to Australia. Or... John, I'm going to have to cut you off. Uh, American sports broadcasters sell their own shirts? Good Lord. Anyway, let's go live up to Manchester where Coach Schmidt is addressing the press. Hello, everyone. Let me address the elephant in the room. I know you think I'm not one of you, but I too am English since I'm from England. New England. <coughs> Damn, that usually kills at Botla Country Club. Anyways, as tough as it was to leave St. Bonaventure, I had to jump at this opportunity to coach Cristiano Ronaldo, the Tom Brady of soccer. Plus, I heard you only get three subs in soccer, and that's two more than I even need. I'll be taking questions now. Yes, yes, you there with the, the glasses and the uh, Peaky Blinders hat. Trent Crin, the Independent. Coach Schmidt, do you expect to employ Paul Pogba as a false nine in your next match against Leicester City? Or will you go with wing backs and have a, a back five to complicate Leicester's service into the box for Jamie Vardy? Hmm. Trent, are we speaking the same fucking language? Oh, oh my God. What did I get myself into here? I got to call Joe Manhurts and get my job back. SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 31. Damn you, Jason Sudeikis. Welcome, everyone, to episode 31 of SB Unfurled and Friends. Lil Bon X here with SB Unfurled. Gotta say, I had to have us do a Ted Lasso intro because, A, it's on right now and a lot of people are loving it, and B, I watched my first episode of Ted Lasso the day before the final in uh, Dayton, so maybe that was a little bit of magic, and that's why we ended up beating VCU that day, but yeah, I had to get that one in for us. (laughs) 
I have no idea what Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso is, what it's about. I've never done a British accent before. <laughs> I am busy watching Bachelor in Paradise and Big Brother. <laughs> well, you know, you did Trent Krim proud, though. But thank you all so much again for joining us here. We are looking at about, what, 40 or so days before the Bonnies get back in action in front of hopefully a packed Riley house with Sienna in the Franciscan Cup to start off everything. How are you feeling as we... There's a little bit of that bite in the air, and it's uh, it's fall because the leaves are changing colors. We're seeing yeah. more A10 podcasts dropping, just like some leaves will be dropping. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's starting to feel a lot more like fall. Like a week or two ago, it was still in the 80s. But now this week, I feel like it feels like that movement's starting. We're starting to get into the thick of the NFL season. I was in the Riley Center late last week, and you heard the team practicing. Just a, a great sound to hear after such a long break, it seems like. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting really excited. We're, I feel like we've been counting down the days since like 150 or something, but it's getting down there. Uh, I think we're in like the forties now. So just a few more weeks. Yeah, that's right. And I know you said the, the Riley center is finally open again. And uh, somebody posts, I forgot who posted on Twitter, a video of the new lighting system in the Riley center. And yeah, yeah. it's going to be night and day because before the Riley center lights were those ones that are like those big halogen lights that take like five minutes to turn on and off. Oh, yeah. Like I just think of like a middle school gym kind of lighting system. And now it's we're talking about NBA 2K. It's kind of like what we have in the NBA yeah. 2K arenas now where the lights can go off and flash all over the place. It's <laughs> going to look very cool. Uh, by the way, let's see. We're looking at by the time this episode drops, I believe it's going to be 37 days until oh, wow. the season. Wow. Because all we're recording right. this a few days ahead of time, but yeah, it looks like about 37 days until the season. Actually, even even less if you count that Alfred game. I'm counting because it that'll be the. Hey, we counting. might as well count it at this point. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so since we last talked, to you guys, we've gotten the A10 schedule. We also, I guess, technically confirmed the SUNY Amherst and UConn games, but those weren't exactly surprises. Those will both be very fun, intense games in the early part of December. A couple early December weekends to get you get your holiday season flowing. But the A10 schedule is the one that we were really looking forward to seeing because we wanted to see what matchups we would be having, what pairings we would be having to play two games, and when we would be on ESPN2. And the answer is pretty much all the time for all of those questions because we're going to be playing VCU. We're going to be playing Richmond and St. Louis all twice, as well as our, our wonderful friends at Duquesne. Ugh. And uh, and St. Joe's, who could be a little more improved. Oh, I can't wait for those Duquesne games. Uh, just cannot oh, yeah. wait for them. <laughs> Flights from Bradford to Pittsburgh, $50 that day. There you go. Our friends at uh, Southern Airways Express, we should we should get them as a sponsor, right? <laughs> yeah. But what were your big takeaways when the, the schedule finally dropped? Um, a few things. There's some things I like, some things I didn't like. Uh, that pretty much happens every year. Um, start with, I, I didn't like that of the, I think four biggest home games, uh, what would that be? St. Louis, VCU and Richmond. Oh, I guess the three biggest St. Louis, VCU, yeah. Richmond and Fordham and Fordham. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. Sorry. Fordham, Fordham also is in this category, but go ahead. <laughs> no students for any of those. So I, I mean, it's, I was really hoping the students would be there for like the VCU game. Uh, maybe they'll come back early. Hopefully they open dorms. They I don't should. Know how that works, but should be uh that that's one of those Friday night ESPN two games. Should be an electric atmosphere. Either way, um, 
I will say when when I saw the pairings back whenever they did that, I don't know, May, June, you see VCU twice, you see St. Louis twice, you see Richmond twice. So I thought there was going to be at least a couple brutal stretches in this schedule. I figured that we wouldn't really be able to avoid a couple brutal stretches, but there's maybe just like one tough stretch in the schedule uh, with Davidson at Richmond and at St. Louis. Yep. And that's the toughest stretch, I think. So I, I feel like it's really balanced or there's just a lot of bad teams in the A-10. But every time you get a good team like a St. Louis or VCU, you're following it up with, you know, LaSalle or, I don't know, uh, Duquesne, uh, or, Duquesne or something like that. So uh, I, I did like the balance of, of how those opponents shook out. Yeah, I'm looking at your brand new... Uh... Your brand new schedule graphic here on my laptop as a background, and I finally updated it because now we got the new schedule out. And yeah. yeah, the only tough stretch I really see is February 1st, Davidson at home, at Richmond on the 4th. So that's a little bit of a tight turnaround. But then between Richmond and St. Louis, we have a week off because right, yeah. it'll be Friday, February 4th to Friday, February 11th. Yep. Keep in mind for you Bills fans, that might be Super Bowl time around that time, right? <laughs> but that will. Um, but those will be two primetime games at Richmond and at St. Louis. So I think that'll be a tricky stretch, but it could certainly be a whole lot worse. The The road trips aren't too bad. I know we got to go from GW to Dayton at the beginning of the schedule, which is a little bit of a trek, but there's no school, so that shouldn't be too bad of a trip. Uh, you know, anybody who's listened to this podcast fairly often knows how we feel about playing at LaSalle and, and Goal Arena. And I'm already... I'm already assuming that we're going to be undefeated and then that's going to be our first loss of the season yeah. because it's just how LaSalle playing at LaSalle works. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm already bracing for that emotionally. And then hopefully I, hopefully I get proven wrong, but 16 and one. <laughs> <We're going style. laughs> 16 and one. Oh my God. But yeah, I think it gets spread out pretty evenly, even with um, VCU and Duquesne right after that. That's also going to be a week break because those will both be Friday night games. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of Friday night games, I was just thinking and counting to myself. I think we only play like four or five Saturday games all season because all the games are going to be either Sunday or Friday. And that's that's good because that means we're getting a lot of national TV games. That's, that should be yeah. really fun to see. I love the Saturday games, though. I, w- I would trade at this point. I'd almost trade a Sunday afternoon for a Friday night game. But um it's it's always great when you're in the spotlight having that that main e, um, A10 matchup on ESPN two, but there's just something about full Saturdays full of uh, college basketball and the Bonnies are playing. Like I'm gonna miss that for sure on, all, yeah, on a lot of those Saturdays. Friday's kind of a NBA night. Yeah, if you think about it, it's kind of the opposite of pro football and college mm. football, where Saturdays you know the college day and Fridays even the high school and college day, whereas Sundays the pro day, whereas Friday and Sunday tend to be NBA days, but Saturday is definitely a college basketball day. Although, you know, occasionally there's an ABC primetime game, but other than that, it's, it's kind of, it kind of spreads out differently like that. But looking at the schedule, like, like we said, I think it gets, I think it's spread out pretty well. We don't really have many tough home games other than the three or road games. I mean, other than the, uh, the three, uh, pairings that we have with VC Richmond and St. Louis. Other than that, you know, at GW, you know, we've, we've been dominating GW like crazy lately at Dayton. I think Dayton will be tough, but I think, 
I think we can handle them. I think there were off the court reasons why we just were not going to beat Dayton last year. LaSalle, as much as I joke, we should beat LaSalle. Duquesne, yeah. that'll be a tight game, but that'll that'll be hopefully Always. a win. Yeah. Mason's another team we've had their number lately, and then St. Yeah. Joe's also. So I think the spread of home and away also works out pretty well in our favor. We have teams like Davidson and Rhode Island, who for some reason Rhode Island's starting to get a little more preseason hype. I don't get it. They lost Fats Russell, and they already had a 10th place team. But I don't yeah. know. Whatever. <laughs> but those kind of teams and UMass too as well, because UMass, they lost Trey Mitchell, but they have they have some uh, good new guys coming in. All three of those teams are going to be only at the Riley Center. So I think the spread works out pretty well for home and away also. Yeah, I feel like the a is just really top heavy this year. A lot of average or well below average teams from what it looks like on paper. And I feel like you're going to have just like two or three teams that just totally beat up on the rest of the league. Uh, might be some separation at the top with two teams, maybe three like we had in 2018. Yeah, I think it's going to be definitely us in Richmond one and two, you know, as much as I want to be like, oh, we're going to easily go 18 and oh, but Richmond, you know, we keep hearing, oh, Richmond's going to turn the corner. Richmond's going to turn the corner. But I, I mean, they've been coming back so much. Like they, at some point they may actually uh, turn it around and, you know, maybe we split with them. But some newer news that we're kind of seeing from VCU is uh, Jameer Watkins appears to have some kind of injury. I'm not sure exactly what the extent of it is. Ace Baldwin is also going to probably be out until at least January for them. So those are two big losses, even though yeah. they have some good recruits coming in. It's always good to have that experience, especially if you're going to go up against you know point guards like Jacob Gilliard and Kyle Lofton. Breaking news here on SB Unfurled and Friends. Since recording this podcast, VCU has announced that Jameer Watkins will be out for the season with a torn ACL. Now back to whatever the hell we were talking about. St. Louis has returned quite a bit too, so they should always be tricky, but I don't know what they have in terms of depth and some, how some of their new guys are going to mesh in. So we'll have to see with that. But yeah, I, I don't really see much else in the way of tough competition in the A-10 this year. I, I do think it's very top heavy. I say this now, watch we lose at Dayton or something. Our friends at Dayton can you know have a great field day with this. But I don't really see where the depth in the conference is beyond really even the top two, to be honest with you. I mean, St. Louis and VCU, like I said, one of them will catch fire. One of them will be really good. I don't know which one. But yeah. really, I, I think it's basically a yeah. three-team conference. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. VCU will always, I, I feel like they'll always figure it out just because they play sort of a, a unique gimmicky defense and they win with athleticism and defense. So you're going to pick teams off along the way. And then I think they'll figure it out. And same with Dayton. They have they have some good players, uh, you know, Mustafa Amzil and some other guys on that team. But I, I agree. This is, other than the top two or three, this is, a pretty it, it feels like a little bit below average across the board for the a10 the a10 season will be fun but i don't think it will be fun at the top end i think it will be very like we said top heavy and i think there will be plenty of fighting for the double buy there will be plenty of fighting who's going to avoid the pillow fight this and that hopefully we're not even worrying about the double buy like hopefully we're worried about you know <laughs> what top six seed we're going to be getting in the NCAA tournament. I don't want to be jinx us, but that's kind of where the mindset <laughs> yeah. is this year. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, we have big hopes this year, and I know somebody else who has big hopes, our next friend. Get up, everybody's going to lose their feet.
would like to welcome our newest friend here to SB Unfurled and friends. It is Detroit Muscle himself, Jaron Holmes. Jaron, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. It's an honor for real. <laughs> We know we, we know we had to get you on at some point because um you know you just took off this past season. I mean it was a tough season for everybody, you know, with COVID and everything. Have you kind of been trying to work on growing from last year? Because as you were kind of telling us before we started recording, you've you you said you've never been more excited to play basketball. Yeah, I, I've never been more excited to play basketball this year. It's just because the bond that I have with these four other guys that I start with, Kyle, Jalen, Shun, and Dom. I, I don't know, man. It, this is the last ride. If you could say that we're all going to, you know, eventually go our separate ways. The team will never be the same. We'll all five of us be there. I just don't see that happening just because of who we have as players. If you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It, and it's just um every day, you know, going out there practicing and stuff like that. Um, I'm just, you know, trying to s- savor every moment, you know, really live in the moment with these guys. I, I hope that people <clears throat> listen to you and have that perspective going forward. Cause I get like messages all the time who we got like coming in as recruits. What are we looking at? You know, for the, for the 2023, like who's going to be able to possibly take over. Uh, they can't help, but look ahead, even though they're mm-hmm. obviously really excited, but I'm like, guys just enjoy this season. Like with this, right. th- a, C- a a roster like this, doesn't come around often, if ever, in our lifetime. I'm like, just live in the moment and enjoy this season while you can, and we'll worry about that when the time comes. But I, I think that's a, a great perspective. The biggest mystery, I think, obviously, because we know how how great the starting five is, but the entire bench transferred, and we got a whole mm-hmm. new whole new reinforcement. So, how are the new guys fitting in so far? I know you've been practicing a little bit with them. First couple of days, we've been practicing. Um been good you know everybody's been attentive high energy high pace it's all going to be new to them I mean um I think one of one of my teammates said when we were um running our offense we looked like the, we looked like the Spurs out there like you know what I mean so yeah it's, it's all new this is something new we got kids coming from high school you know where they were the star and they were playing guys that just were not better than them you know I'm you know what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. um, now they're playing against high level players and they're competing at a high level so each and every day, just, you know, we're trying to instill in them that, um, you know, take practice as another game, like really practice to be great, practice to be the greatest, you know, so um, and take that mindset in every practice each day. So that, that that's what I think um, we've been telling the young guys the most, but they've been catching on well. I'm really proud of them and how they've been sticking with it. And, you know, constructive criticism, um, nobody's um, taking hard feelings or anything like that. You know, they're taking it on the chin and they're working hard and that's all we can ask from them. Yeah. And so you've been really working hard to get, you know, the team up to a point where it's even progressing on where you guys had uh, last season. What have you been looking at in terms of your offseason workout? Because I know you've been working out with uh, a former Bonnie, Tyler Ralph. Mm-hmm. Tyler's a great trainer. Um, he works out with some of the best guys in the world. And being on there this summer was a great honor. I really took that in um, that I'm that I'm. Um, I'm close, like listening to those guys, listening on things I need to work on. Um, talking to Julius Randle, talking to Rondé Hollis Jefferson, talking to Seth Curry. Um, those guys really, you know, had an impact on my life this summer. And even just being in the the gym with um, Tyler and uh, um, B, 
you know, the, those guys really just um, broke down my game, helped me work on it, and um, saw some things I need to work on. And I've just been trying to take those little things into practice and into this offseason each and every day, you know. Um, I, I think that I've never really had a full offseason. The offseason, my, my first year here, I um, was hurt, and then uh, COVID hit the next one. So this was my first summer where I could really just work out and work on my game. So um, I was just really just trying to, um, you know, become a better ball handler, um, being able to um, play the one, two, being able to play any position and really just fine toning my skills um, for the future and um, for this upcoming season because we're trying to make a, um, a stand. For sure. I, I was in the Riley Center for the first time in what felt like years. I mean, probably almost two years on Thursday. I saw you guys practicing a little bit. And just like being back in there, just the smell and the the atmosphere, you know, just being back in the Riley Center after a whole after a whole year off was it, it was pretty cool. Obviously, like it's it's been very different watching you guys in front of no fans. But mm -hmm. what's it gonna be like? I, I know you said this is the most excited you've ever been to play basketball, but I have to imagine part of that's to finally get fans back in the Riley Center. I'm excited for fans to be back, um, just because. My mom's a fan. My family is a fan of the Bonnies. And, um, you know, everybody's families on this team are, you know, fans of their child and of us. So I think not only having the fans back, but being able to um, spend that time with our families were, was um, dearly missed. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have somebody in the stands you play for every single night, it gives you a little bit of a, more of a motivation to go harder and to not give up and, you know, you look up in those stands and you see that person that's cheering for you and, you know, they give you that look like, let's go, it's time to, it's time to really go get it. I think that was missing last year. And even with the fans, you know, we look to the right, and, you know, that wall filled with Bonaventure students, and we see those kids that are in the stands cheering us on. That's a joy, but also it makes us go harder just because of the town we're in and how much we mean to those kids and how much we mean to the school and the university and the fans all around the world, especially, you know, SBU has such a big fan base and such a um, huge alumni base. So having that feeling back is, is just going to make us go harder. I feel like we had to, um, you know, kind of force it last year and make our own energy. But now that we have the best fans in the world back, I feel like that, that won't be um, any trouble at all. Unfurled, you are lucky. I have not been in the Riley Center since we beat Richmond, February 2020, which feels like, yeah. like you said so many years ago. You remember that game, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was the last time I personally was in there. So yeah, like like you said, can't imagine how much you're you're ready to get people back in there. That kind of like sets us up with uh, looking at this upcoming season. A lot of great games, both in the A10 and outside the A10. I mean, not expecting you to call anybody out, but like, what are you kind of looking ahead with this schedule? Like, how excited are you for like the Charleston Classic? Some of these neutral site opportunities, playing all the big A10 teams twice. How do you feel about the schedule this season? I love it just because I'm ultimately a competitor and I know everybody on this team is too, but we earned this schedule. I feel like we deserve to play those teams and it's not like um, I'm saying deserve to play them like they're ahead of us or they're above us, but we we've put in the work and we've grinded and we we've earned the right to be called a tough team in the A-10 and in the country. And I feel like, so, you know, get, get, being given this opportunity to play in the Charleston classic, a huge tournament, um, playing Virginia tech, playing UConn, playing VCU twice, playing St. Louis twice. I mean, that's what you want as a competitor. You want to play the best. You want to play 
those teams that are going to push you and see if your team is going to crack or going to, you know, we're going to keep kicking. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just going to keep going. And we're looking at this schedule as a blessing and an opportunity for all of us, you know, to um, continue to let people know that Bonaventure is just not some little school and outside of Buffalo, New York. We play basketball out here and we're, um, we're one of the best that do it. For sure. I don't know if you have like a favorite opponent that you're looking forward to. Is there, I mean, there's a lot of, of, pretty good teams in the A-10. I feel like some of our rivals are having down years lately. Is there a favorite opponent you have that that you're really looking forward to playing next year? I don't know. If I had to be honest, I'm just excited to play again, um, to play basketball and, and be healthy. Like I said, this game is a promise to anybody. It could be taken away. So any opportunity for me and to get out there and um, be on that court, uh, it's a blessing. So I Honestly, I'm just excited to play basketball again. I'm excited to play those type of teams. I'm excited. You know, you dream about playing games like that, ESPN2. You know, you dream of things like that. So I, I honestly can't wait. I'm like a, a kid in a candy store when I look at the the, um, the schedule. So I honestly can't wait, honestly. I mean, it seemed like last year your favorite opponent was probably uh, St. Joe's. Uh, and, and when anyone mentions – January 6, 2021, everyone obviously <laughs> thinks about your 38-point performance, eight threes. Can you take us back to that day? It was like a random Wednesday afternoon at 4, but you just could not miss that day. I really wanted to – sorry to interrupt, Jaren. I really wanted to ask you about this one because it was so weird because we normally don't play Wednesday afternoon games. And, of course, right. while the whole capital insurrection is going down, the Bonnies are some for some reason playing, and you're just going off for like – all the 30 some odd points. <laughs> it's just, we were glued, it was just glued such a it. surreal situation. <laughs> Honestly, man, I don't know. That, that was just a, a day where I just, uh, I'm, I'm sure you weren't, I'm sure you weren't thinking about it during the game or anything. I'm sure you probably no, had no clue what was I going mean, on. <laughs> I, so after the first half, I noticed I hit two threes and after those two threes, I'm like, those felt pretty good. And they kind of felt the same. And as a shooter, you want every shot to feel the same, even if it is off balance, you know, things like that. So I noticed that those two shots felt the exact same. So I'm like, okay, I, I don't really look up at the scoreboard, but I kind of know what I have in my head just based off. So I think I had, I don't know, probably like eight or 10 at the, at the half. And, but we were only up one, which was, you know, I mean, like credit to St. Joe's, they were playing us tough, but I don't know. I just did, that didn't really sit right with just like us, like me, Kyle. Sean, Dom, and Jalen. So I don't know, man. It was it was a huge game. I mean, the guys kept feeding me. That's one thing about this team. Nobody cares who goes off. Like, there's no guy that goes just is gonna constantly go off for twenty a game. Never. We have too many good players, you know. Like, we have Dom who shoots the heck out of the ball. In my opinion, best shooter in the eight ten. We got Kyle, best point guard in the eight ten. In my opinion, we got Shun, best center in the A-10, in my opinion. So when you think about the those type of guys that we have, like, I mean, for me to score 38, like, they had to be passing me the ball a lot. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, those guys are going to get their shots up, and we're ultimately going to play like a team. But I don't know. That that game was pretty wild. I, was, I just I just know uh, – I just remember Alpha saying, yo, bro, you – 
you going crazy right now. I'm like, huh? <laughs> he's like, bro, look. I'm like, I think I had like 26. He's like, yo, bro. He's like, bro, go, you go for 40. I looked at the time. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I could go for 40. So then I was like, wow. like, But I wasn't trying to go for 40 or anything like that. Um, But I'm just like, wow, like this is because I, I haven't scored that much since I was young. Just as not really being like, I don't know. It's just I haven't really scored that much since I was like probably like uh, 16, 17. Had a game like that where I just couldn't miss. But that basket just like was humongous. Like every <laughs> like every shot, I kid you not, felt the exact same. And it was honestly just a blessing to be in that that atmosphere and experience that with my guys. Like after the game, everybody just kind of hugged me and was like, yo, bro, like they were kind of clowning me because I should have 40. I missed three free throws. <laughs> but <laughs> everybody was clowning me. They were saying I was weak. That was a terrible game. Uh, but you know, those are <laughs> those are the type of guys we have. So um and yes, they were right. I should have had 40, but um it was it was just an unreal experience, you know. I called my mom after, and she was just like, "Jared," I'm like, "What, mom?" She's like, "You realize you just had 38." I'm like, <laughs> "It's not sinking in until like I, I like I went home and I went on Facebook and I saw my mom. She had posted like the little um, ending, like player of the game, and I saw it. I was like, 38. That's still wild." And then when I was doing the interviews, I looked up again at the scoreboard. It still had it. 38 I'm like I really had 38 it was just an unreal experience you know that doesn't really happen that much in college basketball so um you know I just thought about you know Jalen Allen was 44 Mobley Posley I thought about those guys I'm like yo I'm up there with those guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah not many have scored 40 man yeah so I'm I'm up there with those guys so I, I was just it was honestly just a blessing just True excitement. I'll never forget that game. But again, I wish I could have done it in front of the fans, in front of my mom, my brother, my grandparents. Then you would have 40. I think I'd have 40. <laughs> I think I'd have 40. Maybe 45. My mom, yeah, my mom, my mom would have been yelling. I'd have heard her. So I know <laughs> for a fact. So, um, yeah, that, that game is something I'll never forget. Just because it was here um, and with some guys that you know, who teased me about not getting 40. They still tease me, so I'll never forget it. <laughs> you and Lofton combined for 42 that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, but he had man. 11 assists, so, I mean, you know, and eight yeah. rebounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know um, another one of the bigger moments in the rally center is the last game that you had there this season. It was definitely a, a tough night for everybody because of, uh, it was right after Dr. DePero's death. You and some of the other members of the team were pretty close to him. What was that game like? Because one of the biggest memories I'll ever have of this past season was you laying the flowers on the table behind one of the baskets and somebody put, took a picture of it. And it's just, it's just a very poignant picture of just, how terrible everybody with all of us are feeling. Yeah, Dr. Shapiro, um, rest in peace. Um, that was my guy. Every time I saw him, he always had a smile on his face. We always had conversations about basketball. That's why his days go. He's like, just another day. You know, just another day for me, man. What are you doing? 
and we just always had a good relationship ever since I stepped on campus. And it was just it was it was a really tough game. Um, I think after being so close with somebody like that, it's very hard to put your emotions to the side. And it, it was at, it was during a game we had already clinched um, the regular season title, and it just didn't feel like a celebration anymore. You know what I mean? We had just won the regular season title, and we just like we it didn't feel like a celebration. So that's how you know how like traumatizing his death was to not only me and the guys, but the whole community. I feel like anybody, nobody really could care about us losing that game a day yet. Us playing that game was tough for all of us, um, but we know that's what he wanted us to do. But it, it ultimately was just a tough game for all of us. Uh, it, it's hard to explain. When, you, when, you're, when you're close to somebody like that who sincerely wants you to succeed in every way possible, not only at this university, but in life. And that's the type of man Dr. Japiro was. It was just a hard game, man. It, I, I had to show respect. And it wasn't out of to try to get an emotional thing. That's how I was feeling that day. I had just talked to his sons, sending my condolences. I was talking to Andrew and he was just, he was just you know, pleading how his dad um, wouldn't want us to um, be sad. He wants to continue going, um, keep playing, winning. How he loves, how he loved Bonaventure basketball so much. You know, it 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 was just a traumatizing experience um, for me. Um, honestly, um, Doctor Pierre was a great man, <sighs> even better person. I, I don't even know how much I can say about the guy. He, I could go on the list. I could go on. The guy was just amazing. Is there any story that you can tell us that you really remember of an average day walking around campus or something? Is there any one story that kind of stands out to you that just kind of shows who he was? He was a humble guy. Like I would walk into the Hickey sometimes. I just see him sitting with a random student that might not be sitting with anybody. He would go over there and sit by them and just have a conversation while they ate lunch. You have to be a humble man and, and to have a a true heart to to do something like that. You see somebody sitting alone, you go over there, and you try to make that person smile. And when I when I saw him over there um, talking to the student, all I could see was the student laughing and smiling. And before that, you know, the student was kind of calm, had headphones in, but that's when I knew like the type of guy he was and the type of man he was. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Everyone I've I've talked to just said that he was just the perfect guy to be at Bonaventure just his his demeanor and his, his view and outlook on everything and just just how he was as a person just the perfect Bonaventure man um and I mean you guys definitely kept winning after that game like that had to be a wild ride and then being one of the very very few people uh in college basketball history to ever play at a NCAA tournament in a bubble so I, I don't know, like, if you have any good stories about being in the bubble uh, in Indy or just that that experience overall. It must have been really cool because not many not many guys get to play in the NCAA tournament. I, I could care less if it was in the bubble. As a young kid, you dream about playing. Like I dream, I dreamt about playing in March Madness. It was just a surreal feeling. Like I still have the the big dance Indianapolis like poster just in my room, and <laughs> I have the cover. I have the the sheet that they gave, like, I, I just, I cherish that moment. And I did it with like, like I, I'm bonded with these guys because of that moment. Like everything, all the adversity we faced last year, you know, we had two COVID stops 
we lost players that transferred. Dr. DePiro, his death, and COVID as a whole. It was just, it honestly, was just, it was an unreal experience. Like, I I remember filling brackets out. Like, Mom, I got to get my bracket in. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. and, you know, she's like, every time I'm, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking the home teams. I'm taking Michigan State. I'm taking Michigan. And my bracket's busted. <laughs> <laughs> After like a you know a first round you know first round L, you know I'm not saying that they always lose or anything like that, but a couple times I filled out the brackets and we you know it wasn't what I expected. Oh yeah. So so it was like now kids are actually filling out their brackets with us in it, you know, with us in mind. And my mom, my brother, and my grandparents were able to come. My my um AAU coach, his son, and one of my best friends was able to come. And um, I saw them up in the stands in the beautiful Indiana University arena, man. <laughs> it was just like, I looked up to them after, like, you know, listen, we, we lost. And I just, like, blew them a kiss and, you know, threw up a heart, you know, just showing them that, you know, the things that I used to talk about and things I used to accomplish, like, that's on my bucket list. Like, I, I, I crossed that, crossed that off. And I've done it. And it's because of you guys. Just because, like, we were in there, we couldn't really talk to, like, different teams. But I had a um, a teammate that I went to junior college with. He played for Abilene Christian University. He oh. up, they upset Texas. Yep. Um, Corian Macer. But I saw him in a bubble, and it's been a long time since I've seen him. We kind of met up, like, kind of on, like, him passing by. Like, we kind of timed it. And it was just great to see him, you know. And those are things we talked about, you know, in those late nights, those small juco rooms. You know, late night in those gyms, like me and him, we were just like, I, I just hugged him. I was like, yo, bro, we made it. Like, this is, this is amazing. Like, we got it. Now we have to, like, now that we made it, we can't be satisfied with just making it. It's like, it's, it's just like, now that we did that, we have another goal to accomplish. Um, and that's getting a win in the NCAA tournament. So that is just um, one of the many things that um, I, I, I accomplished here at Bonaventure. I've accomplished so much. It's just within two years, and I'm excited for this third. I'm just thankful to be here, man. You know, coming out of junior college, you don't really know where you're where you're going, what life has in stores in store for you. You know, you just have to keep faith, and you just have to just you know believe in the work, believe in the time that you put in. And you know, after that one game against you know Chris Duarte in Northwest Florida, you know, current offered me and Coach Schmidt offered me and I'm just thankful they did. I was just I'm just thankful that they were there. You know, I could have been, ended up in a bad situation, you know. Not every um school is the right fit for each player. So I'm just thankful to be here. It's it's just an honor to play for this university with all the love and the fans, you know. If I have one story, I know I'm rambling a little bit. If I have one story to say about the bubble, um probably the meals. Probably the bubble meals. They were like, they were just like, <laughs> they were like, don't come out of you guys' rooms. Like, leave it at the door. I'm like, I don't like my food on the door uh, on the floor. Like, I don't want my food on the floor. Me and Kyle, like, Alpha, we were just we were sneaking out of our rooms and we were just talking. We heard the elevator like, uh, like open, and we just all ran back in our rooms, <laughs> <laughs> and we were just all talking. And we like. You know, everybody had their own room, but it was just like, I don't know. It was kind of like, you know, you're sneaking to go see a girl or something like that. We were just out there. 
we felt like we were little kids sneaking around. But I don't know. I know it was for them to be safe, but it was a great time experience those things with them and um, you know, laughing, dancing, Coach Trey, all those guys. It was just a great experience, honestly. Yeah, it sounds great, especially we talked to Matt Papano a little while ago and he, he kind of told us some similar things about the food. But kind of switching back back on campus, one thing that you're heavily involved in is SPU TV. I've seen you anchoring sometimes and kind of a little familiar with how SPU TV works. I was like, wow, Jaron's going from anchoring to like playing in a big A-10 game in like 12 to 18 hours later or whatever. So what drew you to getting into broadcast TV and being part of SPU TV? I love to talk. I love doing interviews. I love interviewing people. I love hearing people's stories. I love creating stories. Um, and I love talking about people's stories. I think the greatest, greatest thing that we have in this world is the ability to hold a conversation and to give somebody that respect, look them in their eyes and really get lost in them, you know, while they're talking. Like nothing else matters around. You just hold, hold a true conversation with them. And I think that's one of the things I was taught by my grandfather. He always told me, you know, when you, when you, when you're having a conversation with somebody, you look them right in the eye and you don't, you don't lock out. You, like, you don't lose sight of that. You know, you give them the respect. You treat them with honor and you listen to them because something that they, they've been through or they said could help you in life one day or it could help you in life right now. So that's one of the greatest gifts my grandfather has given me. But I've always wanted to be a, a sports journalist, a sports broadcaster. Not more so sports journalism, but I, I say sport broadcasting. I love to talk writing is is and for me i'm getting better but <laughs> um i love to talk um <laughs> it was a completely like i didn't realize how hard it is to anchor i see the the pros do it like uh Stephen a um skip bayless you know those got type of guys Woj, jason oh, what's his name jason williams whitlock right are right oh uh, or Jay Billis. I, I'll just no, 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 not, not Jason Whitlock. No, 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 no. Where's he at? There's Jay, there's Jay Williams, too, on ESPN. That's another oh, yeah. big guy. Okay, yeah. ESPN. So I watched it. Jay it Williams and Jason Whitlock are two way different people. <laughs> okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch much <laughs> so, TV. Yeah, Jay, Williams, Jay Williams. Jay Williams. <laughs> yeah, just trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Duke guard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So seeing those guys do that type of thing, you know, I, I believe that I could do that once my career is over. You know, eventually the ball stops for you, so. Um, that's one of the fields I, I would love to get into um, just because it allows me to stay around the game and it allows me to just talk about sports, which I love to do. Um, I love all sports. I watch people kind of look at me and be like, dude, what are you watching? Like, I love watching all sports. Like my favorite time is the Olympics because you can watch every sport that you never thought was a sport. Yes. Actually a sport. And I'm just like, this is a sport. <laughs> it's like, and they're good at it like this. So it's like, I can imagine the hours those people put in, just like the hours I put in in basketball, like the hours they put in just to be this good. So that's why I love sports. My mom always said, like, you should do that. Like when I, because I, I, what I would do when I was younger is I wouldn't watch anything else but ESPN. And my mom would always be like, Jared, you know, in ESPN, they're just replaying the same thing. They're just taking the anchors off. I'm like, yeah, mom, but like, so what? <laughs> like, I just like watch, watching and hearing people talk about sports. So that's why I joined SPU TV so that I could, you know, get my foot in the door and really um, understand how that type of world works. You know, um, I want to just kind of get my feet wet. And um, SPU TV was great for me. And um, I had some trials, I had some tribulations, 
but uh, ultimately got better from it. And, you know, I'm just thankful for that experience as well. I'm right there with you. Every time there's a snow day when I was a kid, sports center it, it wouldn't even be new anchors they would just repeat the same hour over and over and over yeah so i would just sit in my living room and watch the same episode of sports center like eight or nine straight times and you would like almost memorize it by the time you were eating yes. dinner that was before uh, yeah. it became the mike greenberg and Stephen a smith channel yeah that was <laughs> this was back in like the late 90s i feel like um but uh, another thing, you are the first class to have uh, to be able to capitalize on your name, image, likeness. Um, this started in uh, July 1st. So college athletes can now profit uh, off of their name, image, likeness. Not so much. Um, I, I feel like for you specifically, the most important word out of those three is easily the name, the N. And I know you have merchandise out now with homes on it. Your name, your last name is on it. Uh, and I know that means a lot to you because of, of your story. And I'm going to let you tell it how the name homes came to be. Um, so me and my brother, you know, we, we went out, we had a talk for his birthday and I just kind of went out to dinner with him and we just kind of had a man to man at that, at that time, you know, he was growing into a man. Um, and he just kind of asked me, like, um, he asked me for one thing for his birthday. And then I just was like, like, I already got you a gift, man. Like, what else do you want? <laughs> um, <laughs> he just kind of asked, um, I want to change my name. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I want to change my name to mom's maiden name, um, which is Holmes. Um, and my mom, he's always wanted to do it. And... You know, my mom always said, well, you have to wait till you're at least 16 because I don't, I don't want, um, you know, my dad trying to, you know, say no to it in the courts, you know, because he's not of age or anything like that. So we just kind of constantly waited, you know, but he asked me at 16, you know, would you change it when mom said we could do it? I think it was like 18 for like, so he could be legal. So he could be legal to, you know, he had, my dad had no more control over him, but I'm not really sure. I, I believe it was 18 though. Um, but he asked me and I, you know, we should pay, he said, we should pay tribute to mom. Like she's the only one that's been here for us. You know, the Holmes family's the only one been here for us. Like my grandparents, my grandmother, those are the only people that have been here for us. And I'm just like, you know what? You're right, man. And he's, cause my mom always said like, we always talked about it, but we never really, it wasn't ever etched in stone, but he asked me and, you know, we just kind of had a moment, you know, we kind of broke down together and um, I told him I, I'd do anything for him. You know, he's my little brother and he wanted that. And, and it, I get this a lot. Like people always ask me what, so you didn't want to change your name? I said, no, I did. But at that point in time, I didn't really understand why he wanted to change it until he explained it to me, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and his biggest thing was, why Why should we do all this good in this world and be great at, at sports and still honor his last name? Like, why should we give him credit? Like, why does he still have the right to say, those are my sons? Like, those are English boys, you know? And I agreed with him. He, he has no right. He hasn't been in our lives and it's not us holding grudges, but he was never there for us. He never did anything for us. My grandfather taught us everything we know about 
both basketball and baseball. Uh, my grandmother, you know, always had us doing cartwheels, having us be athletic. And, you know, my mom paid for any and everything that we wanted. And I don't know how she did that on a, on a teacher's salary, but she did. She made it happen. Um, so we never wanted for anything and didn't have. So that's why it was just a no-brainer. And when he asked me that, I, I told him I'd do anything for him. And I changed it because my mom always said I would never have one son homes and one son English. And um, I was just, I always thought about it like um, at first when I was doing it, you know, Shaquille O'Neal never changed his name or LeBron James never changed his name. And, you know, those are people I looked up to. So I was just like, oh, but everybody's story is different. And everybody's relationship with um, their parents is different than mine and my brothers. So we made that pact. We got it done. Um, and like I said, we um, I was always willing to do it. And people always ask me again, like, why did I wait so late? And why was my brother's name changed before mine? His journey was always set in stone. Like my brother was always going to be in the, like the MLB. He was that good in high school, um, grade school, coming up a I mean travel ball. He was that good. He I like I always knew he was going to get drafted out of high school. He was just that good. He had that star talent. You know, when you look at him, he just hits differently than everybody else. When he, you see him pitch, he just pitches differently. So he it was kind of set in stone where his future was going to lie. And at the time in high school, I was still struggling on seeing where mine was going to lie. Um, didn't have a lot of offers. Didn't have um, a lot of things going for me in basketball at that moment. But, you know, I never lost faith. But I just – every all the college coaches when I played AAU and travel ball, they knew me as English. So I, I never – I was just like – I never wanted them to say Jared English and somebody be like, well, who's Jared English? You know what I mean? Because – I changed my name. So that's why I never changed it until this past year because, again, I was set in stone here at Bonaventure, not going anywhere. People know me, and it was the right time for me to do it. You know, that's why um, he changed his after his first year in the league. And uh, he always teased me about it. But I always, when I when I make a promise and I make a pact, you know, I'm, I'll never break that promise. So um, I got it done. It was the greatest decision of my life. I'm thankful for it every day when it happened. You know, my mom, my grandparents, and my brother were all right there. We just kind of hugged and, you know, we all kind of cried. And it was just you know, an emotional moment. So the home's name means a lot to me. And, you know, my, my family is older. So my grandfather's 92 and my um, grandmother's 87. So, you know, to see them, you know, with a smile and tears down their eye down their eyes you know my grandfather rarely cries I've never seen him cry before he cried when my brother got drafted and he cried when I changed my name wow and and that that like right then and there I knew was that moment that like I needed that satisfaction and that like uh I I knew I was doing the right thing when I saw that that was the moment right then and there when I saw everybody in that room cry and I saw my grandfather cry never seen a man cry so he was all, he was happy for me when I got, you know, Bonaventure and everything, but he was super proud of me. But when I changed my name, I saw that man cry. You know, I, I want to leave the legacy for him, uh, for my mom. And um, we have an older family, so a lot of our family members um, are kind of 
um, are deceased. So a lot of people uh, don't know, like, kind of the, the home's name would die off. So me and my brother, we're, we, we made a plan. We're going we're gonna to start the family tree back up. Well, I, I mean, I love that story. Yeah. It's a huge process to go through that legally to change your name. You got the new name on your jersey. You got the new name on the transcripts, all the websites. You got it everywhere. Now we're going to have our own rename party on the podcast. We are going to sit here and you're going to change your name to Holmes on Zoom. Let's do it. That's right. I'm yeah, you Zoom, your Zoom X, isn't up to date. X is going to play music. And when, when he changes it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start crying. You're going to see me cry for the first time ever. Oh, and on. we're going to have, we're going to celebrate and we're going to have our own rename party. Are you ready to do that? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> it would it would be the same, man. I need my I parents. I need, I need my mom here. And for the Zoom, for the yeah. Zoom, we we can we can get her on. All right. If She'll you, if you she falls she falls on Twitter. If you want to change it to Holmes on Zoom, you click the I think you click the three dots up on your box, <laughs> and then you you can hit rename and change it. Man, I'm trying to see. <laughs> can't believe you uh, do this <laughs> virtual background it's not chat oh you're on your phone oh, you're on your phone all right i'm doing it then some of my can you do it ready you can do it from oh you can do it i can do it ready wait you have to let him do it oh all right you can't well, do it he's on his phone there we go <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> that was that, terrible right. that was that's terrible <laughs> no that's that's great that's better than we got uh matt martucci to rap uh stan <laughs> Dear Tooch, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left my name and my number at the bottom. I sent some messages back in autumn. You must have never got them. For people, by the way, going back to your original story with your family, which, I mean, you can tell from just everything you told us. And, you know, we we see how much your mom follows you on Twitter, especially um, that you all are very tight knit. For those who don't know, your brother, William, he was drafted by the Los Angeles Angels in 2018. So how cool is it to have a brother that's, you know, on a different career path, but also still trying to get into, you know, pro sports minor leagues how cool is it to have a brother that's you know looking to make it big in the majors um that's huge man like he he's worked his butt off for it i'm not surprised by it at all i told him that one day he he could do it if he just uh, put his mind to it and he just keep working little do you guys know i was better at baseball than him at first but right um, yeah sure what is that first <laughs> that's like when you were at first, five at and first was at, like when i was like around nine ten he was still okay. growing into it I had a little more skill. Okay. He At least we're not talking to T-ball. How old he, was he? He, he had natural <laughs> ability, though. He had natural ability. <laughs> he had natural ability. Uh, my brother is one of those athletes that uh, he could really play any sport. He put him on any field, and he's going to he's gonna go be a beast. So it's kind of unfair, but it is what it is. <laughs> but but um, my brother's great. Um, he's a great baseball player. Um, he's worked so hard for it. And um, I believe in him, and I believe in his abilities. And he's gonna he's gonna get it done. I have a feeling. It, it's just it's just a feeling that you have, a feeling that you know. Just like I, I knew I was Division One, I, I knew I was Division One player. It's a gut feeling. And my my brother is a major league baseball player. Now, are you hoping he's gonna play for the Tigers or somewhere else? Because uh, the Tigers I mean, have not been doing very well. <laughs> listen, listen. Whatever team my brother is on, it's my favorite team. I have nothing there but Angels hats in my room. <laughs> it's funny because you know how everybody changes um you know changes jerseys like when he comes home after his season 
we all just do, we do a big gear swap. He gives me a bunch of Asia stuff. I give him a bunch of Bonavich or stuff. So oh, sweet. <laughs> and, um, it's great, honestly. Um, my brother is my world. Do anything for him, and uh, he is. He's gonna. He's gonna be great. I have a feeling, and um, I know he is because I believe in him. And he's gonna keep working not only for me but for my mom and my grandparents. I love it. That's awesome. Hey, before we let you go, this has been great. Thanks again for uh, coming on. Um, the one other thing that COVID did, we've talked about how you've been a part of so many new things in college sports, but all players get an extra year of eligibility now because of COVID. So have you thought about you um, exercising your additional year option or talk to any of the guys about that, uh, you know, bringing it back for another year? As of right now, we're just focusing on this year. I know I'm just focusing on this year. I always just try to live in the present, live in the moment. Once that final buzzer hits on our last game, I'll start thinking about those things. I'll talk to Coach Smith, talk to my family. I'll talk to my guys about it. But as of right now, we're just I'm working on number three of practice tomorrow, the third <laughs> practice. I'm thinking about the third practice tomorrow. And I'm just thinking about that first game, November 9th. With all the fans and the Riley, and uh, when we uh, drop those banners and uh, get those lights, man. Nice. And, you know, just got to stay ready for the season, like you mentioned. One final thing we do always ask everybody, especially, you know, some of the players on the team Riley Center Cafe, a lot of good food there. What do you kind of go into when it, go- when it comes to either the RC or the Skeller? Like, what's kind of the go to meal for you on campus? Go to meal on campus for me? I don't really have one. Oh, I love, I love, no. I love- I love I love freshens and I love the RC calf and I eat a bunch of stuff from both. So I you know I love that freshens is on uh, campus now. It's like a Chipotle, close to Chipotle. Oh, that's, so that's new. Um, that's gonna yeah, be something new, right? Yeah, it, um, they have like rice bowls, flatbreads, different things like that. So you know those type of things are you know good for the body and they have protein bowls and things like that, smoothies. So. You know, when you get tired of RC, you go to Freshen. So, I don't know. I I don't know what my favorite food is. Oh, okay. I, I'll say the favorite thing I know I eat every single day. I eat two sausage, egg, and cheese on croissants. So oh, the breakfast oh at, nice. Oh, the breakfast, the breakfast at the RC is is second to none. Oh, man. That oh, sounds man. I have not had their breakfast sandwiches before. I usually go for a buffalo chicken wrap in the RC, you know, back then. But, like, that's crazy. I have not, I have not tried a, that new place with just Freshes. Freshens, yeah. Oh, okay. Look at that. You know, we were just going to have you talk about fattening foods like wings and pizza logs. And you're like, nope, nope. There's a brand new place that you actually get healthy things <laughs> that, that Coach Schmidt will love hearing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, once again, Jaron Holmes, thank you so much again for joining us here on SB Unfurled and Friends. Good luck this season. We're really hoping you, you keep it up from the good work from last year. And um, we are really happy you were able to join us. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me. And uh, can't wait to see you guys in the Riley Center, November 9th. Oh, we can't either. Oh, Thanks a lot for coming. I told on. you. It's been almost two years. Can't wait. It's been, yeah, <laughs> you, it's yeah. been a long time. Welcome to Detroit, where if you get that promotion, don't worry, man. The bullets will still be at your ass firing. I still call it safe. I was suck if I was on pirate. Boy, I hit the beat and just treat that shit like a diary. I'm offended if you hear my new shit and you ain't rewinding me. Self-made, I never needed your bell or a wire. See, I'm never calling collect, I call to collect. My homie wanted a Chevy, so I put my dog in the vet. High. Plus, I'm so loyal that that paper boy is all that I fetch. If the ball in my hand and the ball in the net. Bitch, I'm the D, can't no offense dunk on me. I'm Mr.
it was really great to talk to Jared. He's he's such a great guy. I, I love his story about his family, and he radiates a lot of positive energy, and you can see it on the court, and I think you could also hear it in that interview. Yeah, he's, I mean, for, uh, I don't know, 22, 23-year-old, he's like a, a basketball Yoda, almost. <laughs> Very, very wise, way wiser than I'll ever be. It's it sounds like, but yeah, I mean, it, I wanted to have him on because I knew he had a lot of. Not only is he uh, a good speaker and in going into this field in in many ways, I guess, but he also has just it seemed like a lot of good stories. And from everyone we've talked to, like almost like everyone we talked to talks about how good of a guy he is and you know how he represents Bana's so well you know Papano talked about it and I've talked to a lot of a lot of other people about him um just as a person so I knew he'd be just the the perfect guy to have on for our we we want to start getting a player on every year so I I, we I felt like we had to get Jaron Holmes on right yeah he's our third player on the team that we've had because we've or at least active player because we've had Oshun and we've had Attaway so Three-fifths of the way to the starting five lineup. And Captain Beer. Well, Captain Beer, yeah, that's true, too. Captain Beer is um, on a, at a level of his own. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, a Manchester United fan there, so uh, that, that cold opens a little bit for him. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I think all the players do represent the school very well. I think Jaron, with his background in journalism and just you know knowing the way the broadcast industry works, I think he really enjoys being able to, you know, be kind of a voice for the team. So it was really fun to hear from him. And, you know, I think him and Attaway especially will take big steps forward because like he mentioned, this is his first full season in the Schmidt system (laughs) because he was injured one year, his first year and COVID existed. So COVID ruined the off season Mm -hmm. for everybody else. So him and Attaway, this is their first full off season. And I think those two, especially are going to take huge steps forward. Yeah, and like he said, this team, like anyone can go off on any given night or they can be the most balanced team in the league. You just never know. But, but they're just looking out for each other and you can tell how close they are. Like he talked about it several times, just how supportive yeah. um, that that core group of guys is. Yeah, I think so. And I think we'll see a lot of that togetherness, that cohesion throughout the seasons. We're hoping that it will take us to some very high heights. So thank you all once again for joining us here on SB Unfurled and friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. You probably have at SB Unfurled, at Lobana X. Be sure to also subscribe to us to all your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all of them. If we don't have it, please come at us and let us see if we can get it on your preferred platform. So be sure to tune in as we will be getting you some more preseason previews as we get closer and closer. God, we are only slightly more than a month away from a full Riley Center. It better be full for that Santa game or I will be upset. Yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us. Have a good day. This is the hour of-